0: Joining me now as we take a look at the equity scene is uh, Stephen Schultz from Momentum. Thanks so much for your time, Stephen. Let's actually drill into the JSC uh, because we had quite a lot of numbers coming out, really seeming that um, a lot of them were disappointing, including some that extended losses after numbers that they uh, came out with yesterday. So what really is weighing on the JSC Is is it the individual share prices in terms of the numbers that are coming out or just still weighed by macroeconomic challenges?
1: Yeah, so I, I agree. I think that the market at the moment is struggling to get a read on on whether it's it, it's appropriate to be optimistic or pessimistic. Um, company results definitely do play a factor, but I think at the moment it, it's more macro-driven. Um, we've seen a little bit of positive coming out of, of Asia, um, only for that to... To sort of peter out as, as soon as the u.s starts speaking um and there's definitely a conflict and that confusion is spooking the market in my opinion
0: uh all right well let's get into the actual numbers that came out of the JSE. starting off with big bank first rand so uh, releasing their interim results today saying that headline earnings per share climbed 15 percent that dividend is up 20 percent credit performance better than expected so We're really continuing to see an outperformance by the banks but I mentioned earlier on in my stories that some analysts are worried about um, the the load shedding and the, the, the strain that it's having on the economy. So how long can that outperformance last on these banks?
1: Yeah, that, that, that is a good question. Um, and I think First Rain does have, have some some uh, uh, pretty significant exposure to South Africa. Yeah. But I think great results. I mean, talking to the average banking client, you do get the impression that households are under pressure, um, power must be adding to the cost of business, but somehow first FirstRand continue to deliver results. So a fantastic set of numbers. Um, banks do enjoy a rising interest rate environment, so long as it doesn't mean more client defaults on, on credit. And they seem to be getting the balance just right. Um, yeah. So credit to, to first FirstRand and the management team. Um, and I think that it's in a very competitive banking space. So first FirstRand definitely the pick of the sector. And that's the thing,
0: Stephen, because then I'm wondering, in, in uh, an economy that's got sluggish growth as a bank that's in that competitive, very competitive environment, how then do they eke out growth?
1: And I'm not sure how they do it, but yeah. they certainly are. If you look at new clients up 5%, deposits up 11%, so they seem to be getting just the right clients in, yeah. in, a, in a niche en masse. Um, despite the contradiction.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I hear you, I hear you on that. Well, let's get into beer, Uh, AB and Bev, revenue increasing 11.2% for the full year 2022, normalized core profit up 7.2%. Could you count on this counter as a uh, steady eddy, dependable?
1: Yeah, I suppose you you do get that title as, as the world's largest brewer. Um, It was a little bit of a mixed set of numbers. The market didn't like them, obviously. Um, But I think one needs to put it on balance. Volume growth was definitely not there. Some disappointment coming through from from Asia and and North America. Um, Asia, I think one can regard as somewhat once off, because obviously COVID-19 lockdowns are still in the numbers that we're looking at. And hopefully that does um, change in the months ahead. Um, and I think just a, the one thing they did do right was was a, a move towards the premium brands, um, which really saved their margin and and revenue numbers. Um, whether it's sustainable, not sure, but it certainly did come through at the right time for them.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into Implats. Um, they didn't really seem to surprise when you looked at the earnings, and it's what the markets really were, ex- ex- I think, expecting. What they flagged, but. Definitely the market had something to say about it, as you saw that share price was down more than 7%. But I'm wondering if maybe it's something that I missed within the actual numbers, or is that reaction on the pending corporate action with RB Platt?
1: no look I, I think when i read the numbers i got the impression that that they have had a tough time just yeah. from an operating environment um, everything from furnaces to um, the energy crisis is, is definitely a headwind um, and i think that they did they did make that comment um in in calls yeah. um i think what did save them somewhat is just the weaker rand and pgm prices in rands um, as well as a little bit of destocking, stocking um which again doesn't really talk to quality earnings but but rather a, a little bolstering of short-term numbers yeah. Um, I think that whilst disappointing, um, one does need to look beyond just these results. And, and perhaps even the correction today creates a, a nice buying opportunity because they've tried to make the point the market doesn't seem to be buying it. But, but I do think there's truth in the fact that there is a structural deficit in PGMs coming. Um, and, and that is imminent, should support price and therefore should support their business model.
0: Uh, well, talking about business models, is Kiro business uh, model still working? Because markets weren't really happy about those numbers. Learner growth of about 6.4%, but drilling down to those earnings, you had uh, impairments uh, uh, hitting those earnings. So I'm just wondering what markets are looking at right now with Kiro.
1: Look, I think it's a long-standing issue. So, so those that do criticise Kiro usually focus on debt versus market cap. It's got debts of about two point eight billion and and a market cap just over five billion. Yeah. So, it, it doesn't have the tidiest balance sheet yet somehow management continuing with CapEx instead of paying down debt. Um, they're very confident that enrollment numbers will continue to accelerate. They're starting to show some signs of it, yeah. um, but they're still not back to their peak in, in 2019. Um, I think that they don't have what's the normal excuse energy costs they seem to be in a unique position of being quite energy light Um, but they must be hurting from immigration um, and just high net worth and households under pressure i know that the 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 typical response is the fact that just the public um, schooling system is in disarray and therefore should support the move towards private but financially that's not always possible for households. So I think they're still quite expensive at a 15, 16 PE, to be honest.
0: Uh, Okay, all right, I take your point and I'll be asking the CEO about those issues when I have a conversation with him after 6 p.m. Let's get to your stock pick for today, Stephen.
1: My stock pick today is a somewhat unconventional one, uh, at least lately, and that's because it's coronation, um, asset management. They've been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons of late, Um, most notably their dispute with SARS over their, their foreign operations it's still under under dispute, but it's not looking good for coronation um, and it's caused quite a bit of value destruction in the share price um, I think that not banking on any sort of reversals or favorable court um, decisions we also need to reprice what their what their tax bill looks like going forward. But it is a very cheap company. It's a great cash generator in an in a equity market that, that lifts a little bit. Um, I think that it could be quite a decent entry point for investors with a good dividend yield when ah. it gets reinstated.
0: Ah, all right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Stephen. Uh, that was Stephen Schultz from Momentum.